0: Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. This message is by Jonathan Dyke. If you're here for the first time, you're really welcome. Hopefully you feel welcome. Uh, It is our heart to make it really, really hard for people to leave without knowing that God is real. Uh, Because this isn't just a college. Uh, It is, but it's more than that. This isn't just an exhibition room, it is, but it's more than that. Is that we want to, by the help of God, the grace of God, the Bible calls that, we want to make a space that whoever comes through the doors, whatever their age, whatever their background, whatever their past, is that it's really, really easy to recognize that Jesus is real when he's for me. So I'm just going to say that right now. If you're not picking that up, God is real and he is for you. Uh, he's not some scary person. Somewhere waiting for us to muck it up so he can hit us, uh, he's actually there saying, Come on, you, you can do this. Put your trust and put your confidence in me and I'll help you. Is that okay? But if you're here for the first time, you're really welcome. Uh, my name is Jonathan and uh, it's been such a joy. And it's such a joy just to be part of what God is doing. And uh, some of you I know may be visiting, maybe some of you with Louisa, which is great. Um, but I'm going to share some things um, for the first part of the message which um, have really been things that God has said or God has shown to a number of us over the last two or three months, I would say. And uh, these, I'm not going to read these out in order to kind of freak people out or make you worried. Uh, The reason why I'm reading these out is because God is real and God speaks to people. He wants to speak to you. God is real and he wants to show us the way and he wants to show you the way. God is real and he has a view on world issues. He has a view on what's going on out there, but his view is not to judge it. His view is to come and see it changed. His view is not to bring judgment upon it, but to give the opportunity to change. So um, some of these things that I'm going to read out, I'll, I'll explain them a little bit, but these have come at different kind of um, uh, leadership meetings that I have the honor and privilege to be in part of. Some of these are local, some of them are national, and some of them are international. All right, so I'm just going to read them out. I'm not really going to comment on them because when when God speaks in this way, uh, you don't have to add anything to it. In fact, it's better not to. Um, You don't have to take anything away from it either. In fact, it's better not to uh, because God knows how to speak, doesn't he? even know that that's true? God knows how to speak. So the first part of this came about four or five weeks ago. Uh, there's a whole piece of scripture, it's not going to come up on the screen, I'm just going to read a little bit of it. Uh, There's a a prophet, uh, a guy that really heard from God and really had a relationship with God way back when called Samuel. And uh, there are a couple of books written about Samuel. This is in the second one, uh, which is which number? 2 Samuel, well done, just making sure that you are with me. Uh, It's 2 Samuel, chapter 22. Uh, I'm going to try and find it in here, Here it is. 2 Samuel chapter 22. Again, I'm not going to have time to read all of the scriptures that God spoke to us. I just want to read the first couple because it helps to set it. This this breaks into the end of a season of time. How many of you have heard of King David before? King David. Uh, he, he, had a, he, he had a tremendous uh, relationship with God. He knew Jesus in the way that you could know Jesus at that time, which was very different Uh, He he was a uh, strange personality in as much as he, he was a great general, but also he had a great relationship with God. And when he had a great relationship with God, he won. And when he didn't have a great relationship with God, he didn't win. There's a good principle there. So in 2 Samuel 22, we find a little song. In verse 7, it says this, In my distress... I called to the Lord. I called out to my God. This is the heart of David. Stuff happens, things happen, stress happens, stuff happens. And David's first response was not to negotiate with what was happening, but was to call on the Lord. So it's the context of this is a man who's been used already by God He's seen tremendous victories. He's also dealt with personal defeat. And what he'd learned at the end of his life, because is at the end of his life, he says, in my distress, I called to the Lord. And he answered me. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came to his ears. Then there's a whole series of things that happen just as a result of verse 7. The earth trembled. Foundation shook. He put, in other words, this picture or this word, if you want to put it that way, that God spoke to us about a national thing was that there is a cry going up from people. Some people know God. Some people don't know God. Some people are caught up in trafficking, prostitution, drug abuse, family abuse. They're caught up in that and they don't know God at all. But God still hears the cry of their heart. And God isn't just listening, thinking, oh my goodness, he is responding. And the rest of this chapter, of chapter 22, speaks about God's response. So here's a challenge for us. Sorry if you came to Sunday hoping that you just get encouraged and blessed up and built up. You will. But there's always a challenge in encouragement. And there's always an encouragement in challenge. The question is, when we're in trouble, who do we go to first? Is it? God or is it the bottle or is it a smaller bottle or is it a... I don't know the answer that you might have all I know is that God was challenging us that when we have trouble let's go up first let's go up before we go out the trouble probably comes from out but let's go up first and today I want to encourage you that God hears the cry of your heart God hears the distress signals. We're brilliant at covering it up. We're great at putting on the face, but God is the God of the heart. So I just want to encourage you right now, wherever you're at in your your life journey, God sees your heart and he wants to do something for you. Is that okay to say that? There's a few nods. I don't know whether you're falling asleep or whether you're agreeing. You may not know God at all, but God still wants to do something for you. But what happens is that there becomes a fight that God puts on the inside of our lives that we're not going to look at distress and leave it like it. We're not going to look at failure and leave it as failure. We're going to rise up on the inside with the help of God and change it. woo So I just want to encourage you that wh- however you come in this morning, whatever weight you may or may not be bringing, God wants you to face it and with the help of God, break it and live in freedom. Amen. Amen. If you've come in with heartache, headache, face ache, bank ache, wallet ache, whatever ache it is, if you call upon the Lord, He will answer you. And He will not just answer you and say, oh, get on with it. He will come and help you be free. Amen. And you might have had this condition for a little while for a long time. Doesn't matter. Then another scripture is from another little book in the Bible called the book of Joel. Uh, we haven't got Joel here. We've got his brother here, but we've got Josh here. But Joel is another interesting bit of the Bible. And in Joel, right at the end, it speaks about this. With with God's help, I can scale a wall. When I'm in the right environment with God's people, man, I could run into a city and besiege it. So there is something in this season of time that God is speaking to us as church, maybe you if you know God or even you if you don't, where God wants to put a bit of fight on the inside of our lives. Not fighting in a, in a, maybe a general sense, we're going out shooting people, but we're fighting for people's lives. That we're fighting for people's eternity, if I can put it that way. Is this okay? Are you still with me here? So we're fighting on the inside for people that we know are maybe lost or broken. And let me just emphasise, Everybody in the world is born broken. We only get restored when we give our lives to Jesus. And Jesus wants us to give our lives to him. So it's not like, you know, I can take you but not you. No, it is the plan of God. And we'll look at that in a moment. That Jesus wants to restore you and restore me. But there's a fight. Then a little bit more recently. uh, So so this first one out of David is about David's prayer and what God did. The second one is God wants you and I to invade... The lost. People who don't know God. People who just have no clue about who Jesus is. Because if we don't go in the right attitude, we won't grow with the right altitude either. Because as we look at some of the way that Jesus was with people, he never judged the lost and he never judged the broken. He actually came to find them. Is that right? So now let's just move on to another little one that came a little bit more recently. We're in another prayer time. It was quite powerful. It's pretty strong. It was, it was quite loud in the sense of there was a lot of engagement. There was a lot of uh, faith kind of voice and language coming out. And then God said this, I, I am building a rampant church. <laughs> rampant means that it spreads out without anybody being able to stop it. Rampant means it has a power within it which is indestructible. Rampant means that nothing can stop the growth of it. And God was saying, I want a rampant church. If you're a Christian, if you know God, if you have a relationship with Jesus, he wants your life to be rampant. That you are affecting positively your home, your church, your workplace, your street. He wants you to be rampant with your relationship with Jesus. And rampant how you work that out in life. Ram- Just say rampant. rampant. I like that word rampant. Rampant. Then a little while later, we again, we're in another time where it's quite strong. There was people really meeting with God and people just pouring out their hearts, just doing what David said, just cried to the Lord. And there was a lot of that going on. And we saw, somebody had this picture. This is the middle of the day. They hadn't eaten dodgy cheese. Uh, they're quite sensible people. And I know them really well. And they stood up and said, I've got this picture. It's the middle of the day. But I've got this picture where God had broken through the veil between what we see and what he shows us. And how many of you know God can do that? One minute you can be looking out, it's Monday, and then suddenly God shows you what his Monday looks like. It's like, whoo, where did that come from? Or you can just be in the middle of somewhere, maybe reading a Bible, and it's like, well, I've read this a thousand times, but on this time, God speaks to you about it. Boom. And this, this is one of those settings, and this guy's one of our leaders said, right, I, what I can see is this. There is a battlefield going on around the world. It's not a time of peace that we're in. There is a battle going on. Some, sometimes we kind of get that, sometimes we get that too much, sometimes we don't get it at all, sometimes we, we don't care. But there is a battle going on, and this picture said, what I can see are there are people who know me who are just walking around the battlefield and they're getting injured, they're getting shot at, they're getting hand grenades chucked at them, they're getting targeted because they're Christians. Because they have a relationship with Jesus and because they love him more than they love the world. But that wasn't the problem. The problem was, what they were walking around were really powerful weapons that were just on the floor. Prayer, worship, the Bible, church. And they were just walking around this battlefield. They could hear the sound. They could smell it. They could... Pick up the atmosphere of war, but they were just walking around and tripping over this and tripping over that. And the challenge was God was saying, pick up your weapon. Pick up the weapon. So here's a question for you. You may not, you don't have to answer it. It is my personal philosophy and of others that Jesus, when he came to earth, was a conscript, not a volunteer. Jesus didn't come because he actually wanted to come. He came because he was told to come by his Father. And this challenge for you and for me is, let's not live as if we can just volunteer to do something. No, no. When I gave my life to Jesus, he owns me. I'm conscripted. I am part of the church. I am part of, the Bible calls it, the body of Christ. I don't volunteer... I am it. This is this making some sense? Because you know, again, we're not looking at anybody, but we might—we've had loads of people coming along here for weeks and weeks and weeks, checking us out. Great, because I'm always checking them out too. Because to be honest, God is building a, an army, not a hospital. Hallelujah! Now, what I'm not saying is we don't care for people. I'm saying that because we care for them massively. We want to see, by the grace of God, and this picture is showing us, people picking up their weapons of warfare, picking up the power of prayer and the word, which is why the way of the Spirit is so powerful, picking up the community together, that we are stronger together than we'll ever be on our own. Helping people not to shoot themselves in the foot or shoot themselves in the back, but actually it's only together that we become the army. And this word, so this picture, it was a picture, literally a picture. And this guy, a friend of ours, I mean, some of them know them. He's not an idiot. The next one came out in the same time. uh, And Sharon's not here, but... Sharon. Becca's not here. This was in a birth process. So forgive me, because half the people in the room won't be able to identify with this. The other half, you probably do. But in the birth process, it's about nine months, and this is September. Which month is that? Ninth one, And in this birth process, there are times within the birth process where you need to breathe and where you need to, not stop breathing, but push, because that would just be silly, where you need to push and where you need to not push. And you have to catch the right time and the right season. If you push for too long, it can cause damage. If you don't push in the right time, it can cause damage. And what God was saying is we're in that season right now. It's nine months. There is something about to be produced, but you've got to push in time with the push of God. You've got to put a little bit of effort in there, in the time of effort, and then rest in the time of rest. Is this making some sense? This was all in the same time. So the challenge for us is, is, let's push together, because push comes when there's unity. We all know how to breathe in. We all also know how to breathe out. So over the autumn, man, prayer is going to be essential. Your prayer life is essential. Generally, and I don't mind saying this because our senior pastor said this last week, we are a praying people, but we're not a people of prayer. We could all pray in different ways on our own, and it's good, and we need to do that. So there's people that pray, but are we a people of prayer? So last month, uh, please don't take this as a slap because it's not intended to, it's, it's a sign, is when I turned up to the Winpack Worthy and there were 10 of us. Now I'm not so much moaning, commenting on the 10. What I'm commenting on is there was a lot of push went on that night, a lot of release, a lot of catching what God is saying for the lost, for Alpha, not just ours, but across the town. There's a whole lot of Alphas going on around Worthy. Do I mind? Absolutely. Let there be more, but let them be fruitful. Amen. Amen. So we as a community, we need to make some cries to the Lord. We need to respond. I'm going to pick up a weapon and then we need to get on the front line, particularly over this season of time. Are you ready for a bit more? Because we've just come through the, vision, the we've just come through the vision stuff at the minute. I haven't gotten to the message yet. Bye-bye. Is that all right? Then the last part of this was interesting. I'm not going to read it all out, but if you want to check it out, it's in 1 Kings 20. And what we find is in a time of conflict, King Ahab... Now, you might not know King Ahab. He, he wasn't a particularly smart king. He, he did all kinds of stuff. Uh, he, he, he got involved with a lady called Jezebel. That, that wasn't so clever. But he got involved with another guy called Elijah, and that was pretty smart. <laughs> but check out the story yourself. But in this bit of the Bible... Israel, the nation of Israel, with him as king, was about to come into a, a conflict situation. Another king came up and said, I've got more army than you. I've got more fighting men than you. I've got more resources than you. Just give up and give us your plunder. I'm paraphrasing. What he said was, give us your gold, give us your silver, give us your precious jewels, give us your children. This was the king that wanted to defeat Israel, right? Right? And the king at that time, Ahab, said, okay, I get it, you can have it. Because I'll sooner give you that than lose our lives. And we're at a point now. And God sent a prophet that says, do not give up your inheritance. <laughs> do not give them anything. Because, and it's always a because, Right? Because I'm going to give you a strategy to defeat them at this time. You do it and you will win. But they're going to come back. So I'm going to give you long-term strategies so that every time they come, you're stronger. Read, read the scriptures if you want to find out and paraphrasing it. So sometimes, and this was a challenge is sometimes we can look at stuff and think, I'm just going to give up because they're bigger than me they're smarter than me uh, you know that maybe they've known God longer than me la 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 no no God is saying don't give up stand up on the inside stand up stand up and be who God says you can be because if you trust me I'll give you strategies that they don't know you know them because I'll tell you and you'll find a victory is in your next obedience step but you'll find a Season of his, of victory is because you keep following in the steps. Do you, do you understand that? So when all you put all this stuff together, there's loads more, but what's the common thing? The common thing is we're in a war. There's conflict going on outside of our lives, maybe in our lives, but God wants you and I to be victorious in Christ. He wants you and I to know the breakthrough of victory, not just so that we come together and we have a great praise and worship, But in that praise and worship, we call upon the Lord and he answers us. And we see victories in society. So I don't know whether... How many of you want to live in victory? Because if you don't, find another church. Because I don't believe the church of Christ has anything around it other than victory. Because Jesus is the head of the church and he remains victorious. So that's a a, a very paraphrased... uh, Just a short version of it, but but why is it so much upon my heart? Well, today's Sunday, right? On Wednesday, I had the privilege of, of meeting time with loads of ministers from Worthing. Maybe some of yours, I have no idea. Don't know. Might be, may not be. And we never spent any of that time, and I was there an hour and a half, talking about people, but talking about, why is this happening? And they might use different language than I use. They did. But the language that they were using, when I sat and listened, it's like, okay, so is this what you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is the language around Worthing? is that people have been picked off. They've been taken out of the game. They've been encouraged to walk around the battlefield and just say, oh, this is a difficult battle. So I'm the privilege for 20, 30 minutes of being able to pray for some of these guys who were really dealing with some stuff. All right. I'm not going to tell you because it'll freak you out and it's not your, any of your business. But they're just dealing with stuff and in the middle of that stuff, what is God saying? He's saying to them, and they've been in ministry for years, a lot longer than me, come on, arise. Amen. You can do it. Amen. Trust me. Follow me. Let me show you. And it was freaking about. So I'm standing in front of you in different levels. One, because Worthing is in my heart and God has a plan for Worthing and he wants to change it for his glory. But I also have a plan for you, whether you're a visitor or whether you're not. My, my philosophy is God has a plan for you. Your life matters. You make a difference. But I also have a, have a plan for us as a community. Like, come on, we're, we're not going to let the enemy have all of the victory. He doesn't deserve it and he hasn't earned it. We're not going to let him run rife around relationships and finances and our preferences. No, 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 no. We need to deal with that. Is that right? So that was the intro. You ready for the message now? We'll find out. (laughs) We looked at the scripture last week because this season in the autumn, if you're here, it's great. Come back and check out some more of these. Is that God is saying to us, how do we live like Jesus in the world? So every Sunday, from, from pretty much every Sunday from now up until December, I was going to say the word Christmas, but I won't because it's only September, is that how do we live, like it says in 1 John 4, 17, Andrew, thank you, how is it that just as Jesus is, so are we to be in the world? What it says there, this is the Bible, this is God's thoughts, written down on paper so that we know what God thinks. And what God is saying is, just as Jesus was, I want you to be like him in the world. There's a challenge. But we're going to look a little bit today and then for next Sunday because I knew I wasn't going to get it all in this week. So this is in two parts of this message. Is God sent Jesus to die for me and live for me so that I could die with him and live with him too. Jesus came into my time frame into the world that I live in to live and then to die for me so that I could give my life to him and then live with him. Just as Jesus is in the world, so are we. But I've asked you this question already. Did Jesus have this conscription or volunteer mentality? Jesus was conscripted. Even though he is God, even though he is God himself, he chose to act like a conscript. And we'll look at what that looks like and sounds like as we look at some scriptures. He knew who'd sent him. John 8, 17 to 18 says this. In your own law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. And I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the father who sent me. In other words, Jesus knew how the world worked. He knew how law worked. After all, he had inspired it. And what he's doing is he's saying, I am a testimony to the whole of the world that my Father has sent me. Can I just translate this into our language? Is that when you and I know that the Father sent Jesus so that we could live like Jesus? That's powerful. don't don't live like the church you're in change it to be like Jesus don't live in your marriage if you're married like the world wants you to live in it live like Jesus in it don't live in the workplace, just doing enough to get paid at the end of the week live in it like Jesus would live in it don't relate to others like like you, you think you should, relate to others like Jesus would and for me, the crux of it, without going through all of the, 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 the anatomical dynamics of it, there's a core part of your life and my life that makes us do what we do. The cortex gives information to the brain. Synapses disappear, go through out of the muscles. God wants to be our cortex, the core of. So can I just encourage you? God wants you to leave this morning knowing that he can be your father too? Mm, This might be a simple thing, but actually my experience is quite a complex thing. Knowing that God, however we perceive God, we might not even think God is real. I don't know, I'd meet loads of people that believe in nothing, but at least they believe in something. Is that they, Jesus came to show you and me that I can have a relationship with the father. And I don't know what your experience of fatherhood has been, either through you or to you. I have no idea. All I know is his father God is for me. And he is not against me. He's a good, good father. And Jesus knew the goodness of his father. He knew why he'd been sent. John six thirty-five to 38 says this. I am the bread of life. Whoever. Say whoever. That's a good word. I like that word, however. That whoever word is a qualifying word. What I mean by that is, he didn't say whoever is six foot, or whoever has five camels, or whoever has three concubines, or whoever has got it right, or whoever has not got it right. He just says, Whoever. It's a qualifying word, which means that you and I can respond to it. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever, twice, believes in me will never be thirsty. As I told you, you have seen me, and still yet you don't believe. All those that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away for I have come down from heaven and do not do my will but to do the will of him who sent me. So Jesus knew who he was and he knew who had sent him. And I believe that God wants you to leave this morning knowing who you are and who sent you. Who sent you? Is this making some sense to anybody? I'm going to finish the rest of this Next week, because we've only just started to scratch the surface, and I want to give it time, all right? And as we're looking at how did Jesus live in the world, we need to tackle some of these issues. For example, bearing in mind that Jesus knew everything about everybody, he never came across to anybody as superior. Even though he knew what they were thinking, even though he knew how they'd been living, even though he knew how they'd just been he never came across critically. Even when he knew that some people were plotting to kill him, to end his life, he didn't come and try and end theirs first. And we'll look at a lot of these examples through scripture, is that right? Let's just stand, shall we? Lot in here. But then God's got a lot for you. He wants you to prosper in life, the Bible says. Just close your eyes a moment. It doesn't go dark. And let's just kind of reflect on just one little verse that we was part of one of the songs that we were engaging with God in right at the beginning. We just made this simple phrase, but actually it's really powerful. That same power lives in us. That same power lives in us now that's only true if we know Jesus maybe we don't right now that's okay you can give your life to Jesus this morning he loves you he died for you he, forg- he 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 made way to forgive you all of your wrongs all of the guilt that comes with wrong all of the shame that comes with wrong if we come to him this morning he will forgive you all of those things And you can enter into a tremendous exchange where I bring all of my life to Jesus and say, it's yours, take it. And Jesus will say, okay, i give all my life to you, you take it. And we exchange lives in a moment. The Bible uses this word salvation for that. And maybe for some of you, that might be what you're considering doing, I have no idea. Maybe for some of you, it's like, well, I've just got a lot of stress going on. Stuff is happening in my life and I can't work it out. Well, just be encouraged right now that God just wants you to talk to him. He hears our hearts because he loves you and he wants the best for you. So maybe that's for you. Maybe you're just tired and weary. Maybe you feel hungry and thirsty. And Jesus has just said, well, whoever, whoever is hungry or thirsty, just come to me. And I will give you something to drink, which will never run out. And I'll give you something to eat, which will never run out, which is himself. And Maybe that's you. I don't know. I'm not here to judge people. I'm just here to make it easy. Maybe you're just having a great time with Jesus. Maybe in your view, everything is going great, everything is going well. But don't let that get in the way of God wanting to do even more. Because sometimes when life is going good, we settle there. And God actually wants you and I to have the best, not just good. And sometimes we think, "Oh, it's all okay." I'm, you know, I'm praying a bit, you know, and I'm kind of, you know, singing a little bit to Jesus. And God is saying, now come on, there's a whole other level. There's a whole other season that I want to bring everybody into." So I don't know where you're at. Maybe it's other places, but I just want to pray for you. Is that okay? Father, I want to thank you that your word says that. As you were in the world, so are we. But I thank you that you don't just make this statement without giving us everything that we need to live that statement out. I thank you that you gave Jesus for us. You sent Jesus for us. You released Jesus on the earth in in humanity for us. And Jesus said time and time and time again, if you sin me, you've sinned the Father. So I thank you that over these next days, by the power of God, that same power, you show us more and more and more who the Father is. In our hearts, in our minds, in our lives, in our marriages, if that's relevant, in our families, in our workplaces. Father, right now, I just pray for anyone, anyone here in the in the kids, in the United, anyone that is just feeling the stress of life, that they will come to you with confidence. They'll just open up their hearts to you with confidence, knowing that you hear them and you respond. Just thank you for every marriage here. Thank you for every single person here. I thank you for every small group leader here. Thank you for every freedom small group leader here that as they journey with you in this next season that you would just bless them so much, you would strengthen them, you would give them everything that they need to bring people into a new encounter with Jesus. Thank you for every children's worker that we have, every youth worker that we have, that in this season you would help them to live like Jesus in front of the people that you've given them to everybody on Connect team, the Sunday team, everybody on the band, that you would, in this season, help all of us to arise and shine because, God, you're rising upon us. And I thank you and I praise you and I give you all the glory. Let's give him some praise, shall we? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you.